Hi everyone and welcome back to uh, Rebecca Wendy from the womb of this week we're going I'm going to continue part of the story of how I've got to where I am there's a lot of different parts on this and I did listen again to the end of the last one and boy I talk fast I don't mean to talk fast so fast but I do I get all excited and I talk really really fast um, but it's it, it's just me trying to sort out the, my words. The moment I am actually in my closet. It's the quietest place. Um, and my kids are playing outside. Oh, well, they're out in the lounge room right now because where we are, it's um, quite cool outside. So they're playing in the room and playing with Legos and things like that. So I thought I'd take the opportunity to make a, another podcast. Now, where I got to last time wasn't far after we had got married and then I kind of jumped to where I am now. So I need to pick up from where we were back then. So we got to the stage that I wasn't allowed to do anything. You know, I wasn't allowed to, um, um, have my own like want to do things for myself or I wasn't allowed to stay at home while he worked I wasn't allowed you know I wasn't even allowed to pick the activities that we did at the end because he wouldn't accept them so these things become it, be, it become a big thing and I realized really quickly that my voice meant nothing and then we went through a stage where um, we were struggling financially, which has kind of been our life because he doesn't really like to work much. So, uh, And he said he had a dream that um, we needed to move into a caravan park. So that's a trailer park for anybody that's American. Um, and I didn't want to because I lived in a house and by that stage I had my first daughter and the thought of moving into a caravan park when I was you know my daughter was not even two months old just seemed horrific and I thought of how it would look and that would be terrible and I didn't want that that's you know I'd already um, it the life that I thought I was gonna have was already a lot harder than I thought it was going to be so then moving into something harder or, or just less so much less just seemed like uh, horrific and then he couldn't pay the rent anymore and we got kicked out and I I took it upon myself to say had I listened to him then we wouldn't have been kicked out and I took that upon myself that I was responsible and he backed that up um, that had he not been so weak and listened to me his words then um, then we would have progressed but because I persuaded him not to do it then he lost so much of our stuff uh, this was, it was a rental and so we moved we ended up 
living in a car for a while and it was my responsibility this is where I really started to see this is where when looking back I start to see where my responsibility was everything it was my responsibility to find us a caravan to live in and so I did and I knew it was the one we were going to have the moment I saw it I don't know how I knew it I just knew it and he was very upset the fact that it was so expensive we could have got something a lot cheaper and I wasn't trying to spend a lot of money um, which wasn't a lot at the time it was so small but he would have lived in something that was falling apart and I just I, I had a, a little one to think about I couldn't do that and so I end up doing that um, but he didn't want to take it to a caravan park then because he had a job so he pulled it outside his job and I said well you can't just pull a caravan on the side of the road outside your job and live there that's not how this works but he's going we just need it here for a little while and we were shitting in a bucket and it, it was just horrid and eventually someone said we had to move on which I knew was going to happen and we did but he acted like they had no right to do that which they did and he also got fired from his job because we were living in a caravan outside of his work which was not good so he thought that if he turned it to the other side of the road no one would know and I remember thinking this is you know we saw people that we knew that weren't living like this why were we living like this and I kind of felt like that I had had a curse you know I left the church that I was in therefore the devil had cursed me and I believed that for a while and why that belief was there I didn't see his lack of doing things and so when that happened um, we he was unemployed for a while and again and I think that was the first time and the first time we had to get unemployment benefits but when those come in he seemed kind of relaxed and then we um, and then he ended up doing another job which lasted fine and but the job was two hours away and I was then in a small caravan park that was out the you know out in the bush and I, I was scared on my own I didn't have any social network I had no friends that I could turn to and he had moved it's it made it feel like my family was the problem and so I'd moved so far away from them both mentally and physically that I couldn't I couldn't reattach it's like I I was so nervous to reattach because he was going to manipulate something but I didn't know that's what it was and so um, sometimes I would I would say look I don't want to be here by myself can you just I'll stay in the car can you just take me you know take me to work or whatever and again I had a little one but I didn't know what to do and I, I was completely lost and then that went okay and then he had um, I just had my second son and I had completely no I had, before I had my second son I completely had a meltdown and I said I cannot live here anymore and I went to the nearest um, community help 
help health centre and I ate burst into tears and I said I need help and they were great they rang emergency housing they had helped but you know by the time that I had had my son we weren't in the housing yet and I was still working it out and of course people had called hospital and that was not fun either and um but we got we got help and we got into a place that was a lot closer in. There were shops right there. We could walk to the shops. We could do things. It was okay, but it was emergency housing, which meant it wasn't permanent. And he seemed to have this idea that, you know, well, the house is a bit run down. And, um, and, uh, um, and he um, did little bits and pieces, and then we got, and then he... Um, got crook and he ended up going to the doctors and the doctor said okay you, you need surgery um, because you've only got one testicle one of your testicles aren't there I could have said a lot but I didn't because I was being kind and I was a loving wife and blah 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 so I ended up having surgery yeah, you get a fake one put in um, but they found that his other one just hadn't dropped when he was a child, like when he was a baby and he was left with a hernia. And, um, which probably was really painful as a kid. Um, and they removed that one. It still had blood flow to it, but they removed it. And so he was left with one testicle. And I didn't see that that was a huge deal. Because, maybe it's because I didn't... Uh, I just didn't see it was a huge deal, but to him it was like no one should ever know. Um, but the thing is, I don't know whether it's a natural thing for people, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's not that he would want testicle to be cowards, but oh, whether that's just him. I don't know whether it's got to do, because often the kidneys produce a lot of that, that stuff as well, so and he's got both his kidneys. Um, anyway, so we did that and after the, 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 when he was about to go for the second move, um, the second surgery because he needed to, I said, look, I'd really like to move because we only had a little bit left and I want to move states and so he was like, well, okay, his ex-girlfriend used to live in the state that I wanted to move to, so I'm sure he found that fine. Um, and he, um, that's another thing, and I've found that it's a thing that toxic people do. They often bring up their exes to see your response. So he used to bring her up a lot um, when we were first together, um, and even when we first got married. And we were married, I don't know, four, yeah, maybe four years. And he's still bringing her up, and he's like, "Well, hang on a second. This is this should be done and dusted by now. Um, we've got three kids together. This should be done." But it wasn't. No, we had two kids at the time. So we end up moving states, and um, the move to me was important. It was, um, like I said, I was in contact with a lot of things I just seemed to know and there was there was a good 
And when I say no, I only seemed to know when things were meant to happen. And there was a good intuition there. And there were a few things that happened that I, I would say, look, if this isn't meant to be, you need to, you need to, or if this isn't a move, if I interpreted this wrong, then you need to show me. And it all seemed to turn out okay, but there were so many bumps and we ended up staying in a caravan park for until we had another son. And he was told that he couldn't have any more kids. After his last surgery, I was already pregnant with our third and he was told he couldn't have any more kids, that was it. You know, the likelihood of you having kids on one testicle it just isn't great. Um, so you just wouldn't have any more. And three kids was good and I was really, really happy with that. And I started, you know, after our third, I started working out. I just, I just had, I got a body back semi and I just enjoyed myself I was running and then he asked me when when was my ovulation and I mentioned when I'd calculated it to be and we were being careful and of course he just happened to do something on the very day and he says that it wasn't planned but there's no doubt that it was and of course I got pregnant because I can get pregnant really quickly really easily it's not it's not a big thing for me to get pregnant um, and I was devastated I thought that three kids was a really good amount I thought three kids was manageable even on as little income as we had we could manage three kids but I didn't know that we could manage four and I just started to get stuff organized four kids just seemed like a lot and so I remember looking up to the sky and this is when I believed in God as God as religious God and I said if you're gonna give me a child it has to be a girl because I'd had one girl and then two boys. I said, I cannot do another boy. I can't do her. And I had a little girl. And her birth was amazing. It was one of the easiest births I've had. It was just fantastic. And it was in the hospital. I'd, I've had more births out of the hospital, but it was in the hospital. And I had, we had, we had been, when I was pregnant, I met somebody that was a guy that had some property and he said well why don't you come and stay on the property and that was fine until it wasn't because it seemed to be the property was taken advantage of we were there as guests and it just seemed like we were we put too much stuff out we just weren't looking after the place and we were there for about a year and a half and then he said you know he said we need to leave and that was fine but then my, my husband was working at this point and we moved somewhere else which I had to organize um, and we moved and you know there was a lot of stuff going on but we moved and we're only in that place the next we rented land again we're only there for four months before we bought our house now our house just seemed to fit the house that we had um, it was right at the start of the global financial crisis we had bought our house and the house was um, 
being sold by a divorcee whose wife he had wronged and she had put a caveat on all his stuff and so we were selling them as cheap as possible so he she didn't get much and so we bought we got this massive you know 1925 style house 1925 not style house it was built in 1925 it needed a lot of work but we got it for next to nothing and everything seemed to fit everything was good we moved into this house and that was in 2009. Now, my husband continued to work till about July 2009. And then he didn't anymore because he got hurt at work and um, he went to the, the hospital and all that kind of stuff. But the company he was, he was contracted through said they should have come to him. And then there was a whole thing which he just decided not to go to work and then they come to the house and eventually they fired him. And that was the last time that he worked until last year. There was no work. And here, here in Australia, we can get um, benefits. It's different to America, but it's what you call welfare. And I'm not, I'm sorry, I don't know what you do in Europe. And that was what I was on. But we weren't on all the benefits we could get because my husband was working. Of course, we only got um, a little bit for the kids. And when he stopped working, that's what we lived off. And it was, it, it, sometimes we, we were eating nothing but oats for breakfast, lunch and dinner. The thing is we didn't have to and I had a, a woman that used to go to my daughter's school and she wanted to come and see me and I said no because I was too busy but it wasn't it was because if she come I had nothing to put on the table I had nothing and she wanted to tell me that they were going to, you know they were going traveling and they were going to go travel around Australia and when I finally called her and we were in a better position and I said look I'm sorry and she said you called the night before we left we're about to leave tomorrow which I was kicking myself because I could have I could have learnt more and I don't know where she went and I don't know what she did and yeah. so where we were to was a lot further out from the um, from the city so we were about an hour and a half drive in um, it's only a small state so an hour and a half drive is not too bad except there's no one out here there is but there's not a lot of community out here and you probably realize but my husband is not a community guy he doesn't want anyone telling him he's not doing a good job which means he stays away from everybody the problem with that is he also people get suspicious people sort of think well what's going on so I sent my two oldest to the school down there for a year and a half um, but then the, the education system was terrible and I learned about homeschooling and so I pulled them out and um, I started homeschooling. I was already schooling them anyway and I didn't think I could do it because I thought well, I'll never get any peace to myself but I actually really liked it. It was a big learning curve. But now, okay, I'm now responsible for the schooling of my kids. I had put him down as a teacher but he never taught the kids. So I'm responsible for the teaching of the kids. I'm bringing in the only money. I'm the one paying the mortgage. 
I'm the one that's got the money for the groceries, but I was told that he could, he was managing the money. And so he bought everything. And it got to the stage where he was even buying my clothes. I didn't buy my clothes. The reason I don't wear the clothes that I like is because I don't have clothes that I like because I didn't buy them. I wasn't even buying my own bras. If I had said that I needed a bra, he would go and get me a bra. Now, it's the good the fact that he knew what size it was. But the clothes, the clothes were always a size or two too small. I hate it when he bought me clothes. And I said, why did you get me this? It doesn't fit. Oh, but you'll fit into it soon enough. You're doing great with losing weight. And I don't know whether I mentioned the wedding dress thing. But, you know, when I was pregnant with my second son, and I'm probably repeating myself, and the fact that he bought a size six dress and and um, wedding dress and I was going through a really bad stage and, and he said when you get into shape we'll have some proper wedding photos taken because we didn't get to do it it was a size six I've never got into it um, I don't want to get into it I, there's no point in it for me because I'm only worth it when I'm that small and all the clothes he bought when I was we first started out were too small all of them and it was horrible and so I hate it when he bought me clothes and one day I just begged him to buy me a pair of pants that fit just because I wanted a pair of pants that fit and not have to not be able to go out in something that's too small or having to wear you know, his track is because I don't fit into anything else. It was just accepting the fact that I wasn't a size 10 and I wasn't a size 8, that I was a size 12 or I was a size 14. And, uh, and you know, eventually we got to that and then there was, um, and then there was, he started buying me 12s, occasionally buy me a 14 and then, um, in the last year when we were traveling, he got me a, 16 and I needed it because I just had my son um, and I was not little uh, but it was you know he said he got it by mistake um, and you know it's, it's just those kind of things and then so I didn't have any social network and I didn't buy my own clothes and I didn't I didn't do anything on my own and whenever the kids birthdays come around he would take them grocery shopping or he'd take them on errands and that was their, their day out. And um, that was their day out. He might buy them a small present and they got lunch out or they got a McDonald's milkshake or something and that, that had been their birthday presents. And I, I, you know, when I suggested things that they could do, really, really fun things, he just didn't want to do them. And so, oh, we couldn't afford it or whatever the, the reasoning was. I don't know what it was there was always something I one of the things was um, we were actually in a different city at the time I'll, I'll get into how that happened another time but yeah we're in a, another city and one of our kids had a birthday and I said look we're, we're in the middle of the city you can take him you know he said he was going to take him out I said you could take him to something like laser tag or you know it's just fun arcade things and he just looked at me and went I really don't want to and so he took them to a movie because he want he, that's that's his thing he loves the movies 
and he loves to go to the cinemas and I just thought it would be better to do something a bit more fun than that but um, my, my son just had a birthday yesterday and um, yesterday while well, recording this and I took him to laser tag the first time any of the kids had ever been because now I'm in I'm in charge they can choose and I don't want to the last thing I want to do is sit in the cinema I've never wanted to sit in a cinema it's just crappy you watch a movie at home why do you have to go to a cinema I know some people love it I am not one of those people um, and so we went and we had, a, you know, so much fun and playing laser tag and it was great and the vest lit up and we had different games on who was commander and, you know, it was all done at a proper laser tag place. It was great fun. We had heaps and heaps of fun. Um, and it's just one of those times where, you know, it probably would have cost less than the cinema tickets now. It's unbelievable. And with, with that and popcorn and whatever, it would have cost less. Um, and we just we just had a ball so when nothing ever got to know we never got to do anything fun and then we started getting animals on, the, on our little property but it was so much work looking after them especially you know I was milking goats every morning and I was trying to homestead and I, I just couldn't I, I I was felt like I was drowning and then one of my sons got sick well, he was probably sick from birth and I, I remember saying when he was two months old I said I think there's something wrong with him the idea of taking him in to get checked was just not something that we'd do because there was the distrust that was really got from the um, I just I learned distrust from everybody I learned to distrust everybody and it's like oh no maybe he's, he's fine and and my husband, I, I don't want to keep thinking he's he's completely responsible because I made decisions. I just made decisions often based on his pushing or his teaching. And I just learned to distrust everybody, but I really felt there was something wrong with him. But I didn't take him in until he was over a year old and then that he was actually quite sick. Um, and we found what was wrong with him, but he needed three weeks in hospital and I just stayed with him. My husband looked after the other kids and that was good, but I stayed in the hospital and, and I, I, my husband wouldn't take in turns. So I asked him, did he want to come and stay? And, and he said, no, he didn't. He couldn't handle it, so I had to do it. Um, and then um, we come home. And there was two times that he asked me to come home during the thing. It was both times the night before my, my son went into surgery. My husband wanted me to come home. and. That was mainly for um, his benefit, you know, it wasn't for mine. He wanted to have sex and um, and that was that was his benefit, that was, that was not mine because that's not what I wanted to do at that point, that's not what I wanted to do right then. Um, I would have been happy had he taken my spot or I would have been happy just to spend some days with the kids or I would have been happy just to stay in the hospital. Um, but he said it was, it was a way for me to reboot and then deal with the next day, the next day. Um, so we did that, and um, but it wasn't long after that before I, I really, uh, I really broke down. I really said I, I couldn't even speak to him. I just wrote him an email saying, "Please, I have followed your lead for goodness knows how many years. Just give me five. 
Give me five where I'm in charge. Give me five where I have control. Give me five. And we'll do something so fun for that five years. And then you can I'll relinquish the control. But he couldn't. He couldn't. He couldn't give it up. He couldn't be. He, could, he couldn't. And he says he does. He did things that, that I wanted. And that's true. Yeah, I said I couldn't stay in the, on the farm. I need to go traveling. I'd got the kids' passports ready. We were ready to go overseas. I got bags packed. I got rid of all the stuff. I was ready, and but it didn't matter how we looked at it. It was never going to happen because financially, he said we can't do it. We just we can't. Um, I reckon we could have done it. We can start off small and then work towards it. But again, he wasn't working, and it was up to me to bring in the finances. It was up to me to do it. So I said, we have to do something. We would then, we'll travel, I'll deal with Australia. We'll travel around Australia. And Australia is the biggest country in the world. Like it's as big as Ireland in the world, sorry. Um, it's, it's huge. And so why not travel the country? And I, you know, we got our truck licenses and then I thought boats and the idea of a boat was an absolutely magnificent one. And we ended up buying a boat. It was a very cheap, very rundown boat. And he spent, six months away sorting it you know sorting it out but that six months was great for me until the end that six months was great oh actually it wasn't great during the middle it was great for me because all of a sudden i had control of everything except the money and that's what made it really difficult i was able to take the kids out whenever i wanted to i could take them to different places but the thing is when you need to go places when you want to do things it costs money and he was spending so much money trying to get this, what he says, trying to get this boat organized. I, that we still had to buy groceries here and we still had to do this. And he was in another state and I was getting phone calls and going, well, you took out too much money. We can't, you can't take out that much money. I need to fix this. I need to do that. And you spent too much doing this. And it's just, we were just having fun because we had spent so many years not having fun not going places, not doing things, not. And I was I was taking them to the beach and I was taking them to different places and I was I was just enjoying myself because and I now didn't have the control saying, oh, I don't want to, or I'm not gonna get up till 11 o'clock, so we can't really do anything. Um, and the control with the money was really difficult, really, really difficult. And then he come home a couple of times and, um, and, um, and then we, you know, he went back a few days later and finally by the end, I, I, he's sending me more pictures and pictures of, you know, him not just being on the boat, but pictures from around Sydney and all that kind of stuff. And I'm the one that desperately wanted to travel and he didn't want to travel. And there's him taking all these pictures and sending them to me. We, he's done that before. He went, bought a motorbike interstate and then went cruising the Great Ocean Road and sent me pictures and I'm the one that wanted to travel. He's the one that was the homebody who wanted to stay. And I felt like this was taunting. I felt like this was just nasty. That I'm the one that wanted to travel, yet I'm not allowed to go anywhere. Because it's my responsibility to look after the kids. But he's not working and I'm the one that bringing in the money for everything. And it just... It, we finally all went on the boat because I said, I'm coming over. I'm done. I'm done. I'm coming over. And, you know, I had to book everything. It was last minute, but I did it. I booked everything. And, of course, everything worked great. It was right in peak time, but we managed to get 
uh, everything done and went over there and I was a bit surprised just how run down the boat was but it was a boat and it was I thought our life was going to change and our life didn't. It did and it didn't. It did because we were doing something different. It didn't because the behaviour was exactly the same. We didn't go anywhere, we didn't do anything. We didn't even preempt. you know, we knew a storm was coming. But instead of getting up early and moving to the other side of the thing, which is what we should have done, he sleeps in and then it's too late to move because the storm has already hit. Um, constantly telling us what we can't do. We can't do this, we can't do that. Oh no, the boat won't do this and the boat won't do that. And it's like, oh my goodness. Um, and it's just a matter of can't, 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 can't. And it, the, nothing changed, nothing changed. And so we, um, we did that for a number of years and then we, um, and then we lost our daughter and that changed everything. That losing, losing our daughter changed everything. Um, but in losing our daughter, I regained a connection just briefly with something beyond myself. And that connection was there. That connection was there quickly. And I was holding on to it for dear life because the grief was so bad. I did not know how I was surviving second by second. I did not know how my heart was still beating. I did not know how I was breathing. I did not know how I was surviving other than that connection. And that's when, you know, on the second night afterwards, my husband asked me for sex to deal with his grief. And I just, I could not believe that he would put himself in that position. Like, he did not care what I was going through. He did not care. But he clearly didn't feel it. He clearly didn't have the same reaction that I was having and he didn't feel it as deeply you know that I, I I don't know even know whether he felt grief I know he felt sadness but I don't know whether he felt I don't even know I don't know whether he has the ability to and so that but I felt like that anger that resentment that thing that welled up lost me that connection and that just made me furious and I went from Greek uh, grief to anger to grief to anger to grief to anger and then lots and lots of things happened but we managed to get a bus and we started traveling but the traveling wasn't really traveling because we only jumped very small trumps because I was driving the bus, but he couldn't manage big jumps even in the car. And um, and then he wanted to stay somewhere for six months until we got kicked out of each place. They're just camping areas. And then eventually the registration on the bus ran out and he didn't want to repay it. For, there was a lot of different ups and downs with that. So now we're it's unregistered and then we're having to jump from farm to farm to do work and we're not getting paid for the work that we're doing on the farms we're just 
helping the farmer out and uh, the payment is staying on the farm and getting maybe some of the benefits of the farm like meat or whatever. And that lasted for a little bit and then, then I had really had enough. And I'd rented out the house and I had managed the, the money that was coming, well I hadn't managed the money that was coming in, I had managed to get the money in and that had been rented for a number of years and that rent really helped us out but as soon as there was something wrong he went, I knew this was going to happen and the renters ended up moving out anyway and it was for the perfect time because I said well let's go home. That was the first time I've been home in six years and I want to be home but in my mind I was coming home to get divorced. I was coming home to end it because I I knew I was going to time I thought that I, I was I was turning 40 in six months and I went there is no way I am continuing this that means we've been married for 21 years there's no way I'm doing this anymore and I, I that's how I've got to hear this that you know there's lots of things in amongst that and I talked to someone yesterday and he said you really need someone, you need to pull your head in. You, you need to, you need someone to tell you that you're an ass. And I said, I know. And he said, yeah, I think you do. I think you're actually getting to the point that you're a real dick. You stayed with him way too long. You should have left years and years ago. I said, I know. I said, but had you told me this years and years ago, I would have believed him, not you. I just had no confidence in myself. I didn't believe I was capable of actually doing the things that I'm doing. And I've just, you know, I've just got myself a part-time job. I'm homeschooling. I've got 11 kids at home. Um, I think I'm only actually homeschooling six of them, but I've got 11 kids at home that are dependent. I'm the only one bringing in the money. I'm doing schooling. I've just been accepted into uni. Um, I'm doing... Um, I don't know what you call it. We call it TAFE courses, but it's like a higher education, but not uni. Um, that's all my responsibility. And when I realized that, you know, I'm the one buying the firewood, I'm the one buying the water when our water tank runs out, I'm the one, it's all me. And the only changes being done here are because I'm doing them. And I went, that's enough. I've had enough. And that's how I've got to me. But I think it helps that we're in a society that's changing. And I really feel the change within me that taking what was or what was accepted, and like I said in my first one, no one's had my experiences and has my mind and has my personality to have gone through to to have accepted or done or gone through what what I have and feel the way that I do but I do look about the social media and our society and there is a thing changing there is something changing that that is women really standing up for themselves and now no longer uh, being pushed around by the men and that is huge. And this is what we need in our society because, and I'm not saying men need to be lower. 
we need to grow together. But the men have to want to grow and they have to be willing to step back and allow the women to come forward. And if they can't do that, if they are so controlling they can't do that, then they're going to be left behind. I'm sure there were going to be women out there that that uh, will still take on someone that they want a mother or the, you know, because men out there want a mum. A lot of them do. But the men are changing too. Some of them are taking more responsibility for themselves and seeing that marriage is a partnership. Being in a relationship, whether you're married or not, it's a partnership, which means it's equal. You have a partner, you have an equal. They do an equal part of what you do. If you work and they work, they do part of their dishes, you do part of your dishes. They pay their part, you pay your part. You know, you're not mothering them, you're not being their mother, you're not washing their clothes and doing their their dishes and cleaning up. You're not doing that, you're not their mum. They are a partner, an equal partner. And we're not there yet. There's too many men out there that have been brought up wanting to be uh, being mothered and then want their partners to do the same and then they're not partners they're not they're not a partner they are a child and i have this saying in my head i don't sleep with children therefore if you're going to act like a child and you're going to behave like a child why the hell would anybody want to sleep with you you're a child and that should be men that act like children should not be allowed to sleep around because that what is that what is that giving you know that they don't have the responsibility it's like a teenager he's just found his own sexuality and wants to sleep with everybody it's it's not even it's not normal i mean they need to grow up and be men they don't need to be little boys. I heard it said perfectly actually by a man. And he said, in ancient times, warriors went and gave their strength to the women. Boys wanted to fuck around and still be looked after by their mums. They wanted to have their dishes washed and their clothes washed and, you know, look after themselves. But men lent their strength to the women. They looked after themselves, but they gave their strength to the women. This is what you need in men. And you also need women that are able to accept the men that give the strength. And to know that there are women out there that are strong. That are the, the you know, I, I'm just natural. I, I say I'm naturally more masculine. I don't know that I'm naturally more masculine. I just have to take that role. I have to take the role of mum and dad. I have to take the role of um, of being both both parties because he's not. I have to take it, which means I have to be harder. I have to. When I say be harder, I'm not allowed to be my soft feminine self. I can't be. I don't even know how to be, because. That's not the role I'm able to take. I have to be tough. I have to be able to do all these things. I have to be able to work. I have to be able to bring in money. I have to be able to do the washing. I have to be able to do the shopping and clean up after my kids and get them to their 
their school things and teach them at home. And I have to be able to do all that because no one else is going to. That's my job. That's my position I've been put in. He's not going to help. That's not who he is. He is the boy that wants to fuck around. He wants the sex, but he doesn't want the work to go with it or the responsibility. But the thing is, he's got the responsibility and he's not taking on, so I have to. So there are women out there that act more masculine and some of them are, but some of them are because they have no choice but to be. And there's also women out there that are able to be feminine and allowing them to be feminine. They don't have to be masculine. They don't have to be hard. They don't have to be like that. They can just be their gorgeous feminine selves. And then there are women that are naturally masculine. They're naturally tough. They're naturally, and when I say tough, I don't mean that women are tough. I'm saying that it's a different kind of tough, you know. These are the women that, that you know, will go get the chainsaw and cut wood and, you know, fix things around the house with tools and, and just be that real, I, I'll get into it because I need to. If I have to unblock the toilet, then I unblock the toilet, you know. They're just, they're just people that just get into it, and that's what I mean by tough. And there's some women that won't do that, but they have their benefits in other things. I'm probably, at the moment, the, the tougher one, meaning I'll unblock a toilet because I have to, and I'll split wood. I do have help, though, so I can say to my sons, look, can you do this, and that really helps. But it's, it's the the idea that sometimes we're more masculine because we have no choice and that's that's the, the very quick upkeep of my story that how I got to now how I got to where I am I am I am 40 I'm not 40 yet I am 40 in oh goodness me how many days nine days I'm 40 in nine days and to me, turning 40 is huge, and I absolutely love it. Turning 40 makes, it, it, it changes everything. It makes me a woman, and as a woman, I don't fuck around with boys. As a woman, I stand up for myself and I stand up for my kids. I put my kids high. I help them whenever they need to, and I give them some fucking fun they need some and they need to be able to know what it's like to have friends and to have community and to have people around them that they can talk to and be with and just chill with and have you know girlfriends and boyfriends and just have friends and they just need to be with people they need that opportunity and that's what I'm hoping to give them I'm definitely not the best mum but I am giving them a chance they haven't had before and giving them a chance of fun and that is my purpose I need to be there for them more than I've ever been before because now I know what my role is now I'm not believing the shit that's been told to me that I can't do this or I'm not capable or I'm not good with money or I'm not clean enough or I'm not whatever the, the excuse was it's not anymore because I'm proving it wrong. I'm proving that I am stepping up because I need to step up because no one else is. So that's the end of today's. I'm going to leave it there. Thank you for listening to the chatter. Thank you for be listening to me and to um, listening to the very quick 
talking and the the story as it goes up and down and along its journey and I'm interested to see what comes next week. Thanks very much. Bye.